Campfire, a podcast, three dudes kicking it around the fire discussing the day's hot topics, their opinions, and all kinds of banter. Sit back, relax, tune in, and feel the warmth as the red light is about to turn on. Alright, dude, the red light's on. Now it's on. Now it's on. See how this works. We do it nice because we do it twice. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sorry about the complications before, but this is episode five. That's okay. We're crushing through them already. Episode five, take two. Go. Hey, say that Christmas thing again. I got a new one. What Christmas thing? I don't know. You guys were talking about Christmas when you tried this the first oh, time. Oh, yeah. Christmas is coming up fast as fuck. And then yeah. you all yelled at me. Yeah. We yelled at That's you? okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, uh, just... Yeah, uh, I yell uh, at you with regularity. We're, we're in, a, in, a new, in a new era in Ohio where we don't give a fuck about Christmas or bills or life yeah. or anything anymore because several days ago, we were finally able to uh partake in the ganj uh, the devil's the, ganj, the devil's yeah. lettuce i haven't done it yet cuz i'm scared of it i don't know what to do i don't it, uh, i don't have any needles or anything so i don't even know how to do the the weed <laughs> well there's there's uh good news there joe there's a documentary uh, it came out in the 50s it's called reefer madness and it'll teach you everything you needed to know about weed is that the one that teaches you how to lay your dick on the windowsill and then slam the window and back up? No, that's what gonorrhea, not marijuana. That's oh. gonorrhea, Joe. <laughs> this is I don't know. Oh, this I is don't great. know. Yeah, and they, they they don't treat it like that anymore. They got a, I mean, I hear they have a pill for it. It's a shot in in the butt cheek is what it is. Uh, I mean, maybe if you smoked a marijuana reefer cigarette, you it might cure the gonorrheas. Of course, it might cause the gonorrheas. Yeah, well, it'll. Uh, it's a scary. It's a scary thing for me. I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm not really scared about it, but it is interesting to be living in these times. For sure. Thinking back, like, you know, like our families and stuff, like, you know, our parents and whatnot before us, and, like, being at the, like, start of all of it kind of thing, or, yeah, you know, and then now it's it's now being lifted stationally. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh we talk a lot about government and stuff, but fucking democracy, guys. I know. We will govern ourselves, thank you very much. That's all we need. We just need to localize our government. Um, we need to remove powers away from the federal government that they have amassed over the course of the past oh, 50, 60 years. And we need to redelegate those powers down the chain of command, lower down the chain of command. And I mean, 
to state and to local government bodies. That's how it was designed, fellas. That's how it was the exactly. What are the three things the federal government is supposed to do? Defend provide, its citizens. Provide, provide for, the, for common, the common defense. Promote you. the general welfare. Yes. And uh, 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 no, promote domestic tranquility. Domestic tranquility. Provide for the general welfare. I believe is. Oh no, I should look that up. That's now the that preamble to the Constitution, up. isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Like yeah. That. Promote the general welfare, provide the for thing, the common defense, and ensure domestic tranquility. Yeah. Now, now that's the way that's that a I weird have one. always the way that I've always interpreted that is that one they provide a military force to defend us against foreign invaders. Actually, I will say against enemies foreign and domestic. And domestic, yes. And then they need to handle international relations. That is a job of the federal government, including international trade. That would be on their scale. You know, Ohio doesn't need to go cutting deals with China and Texas cutting deals with Mexico. No, the federal government handles trade deals. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. And I'm not saying this is this is just an opinion. I don't know that uh, I want the federal government telling my state that I can't make a, a trade deal with um, uh, Argentina. No, 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 no. That's not what they're saying. But okay. uh, international trade is, I guess, negotiated at the federal level. Was it originally That's... like that, though? I don't know that. I don't well, know no. that that was even really considered in in the founding documents. Um, each state was considered independent prior to the Civil War, and uh, you you did have some really interesting things around the time of the Civil War, where like some of the southern states were trying to do business with France and Great Britain on their own to sell their cotton and tobacco. Sure, but that was well well beyond 100 years after our founding. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But there wasn't that national identity really until the Civil War. So. I think that was the whole point. Yep. Yep. National identity. We didn't need one. We were our own people. Yep. We were our own government. But I, I see what you're saying. Right, uh, it's morphed into something different these days, and we need to make sure that uh, it resembles something like what it was intended to be, and the the international trade thing, and uh, I, I'd even go as you know a lot of folks, even maybe you guys are kind of maybe isolationists. I'm not an isolationist. We we need to make sure that trade routes are open shipping lanes are open and that there's peace around the world so uh, that's why we have a large military navy yeah baby navy i mean navy secures the trade routes mm -hmm. straits of hormuz 
Look who they send to take care of the fucking pirates all over the world. The United States Navy. Indeed. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, we were having that discussion tonight, though, Joe, where uh, the military does a lot more than just fight in Iraq and Afghanistan and everything that everybody's heard about in the news for the past 25 years. Yeah, we're not there to kill people there's, necessarily. We're here to uh, to help people stay alive. Correct. Correct. Um, now, when I was in the Air Force, we had uh, an operation. We had It was called... Uh, military operations other than war and these are basically humanitarian operations where the military will to deploy um i know in the 90s uh, they were deployed throughout africa helping out with the uh, refugee situations down there in rwanda um they also responded to many uh, large natural disasters that had happened, some of the tsunamis and things like that, earthquakes. And they were there to provide aid to help rebuild. Um, they came with medicine, food, and soldiers who weren't there to wield a gun, but they were there to wield a shovel or do whatever was necessary. Exactly. So, um, Yeah, I like that story you told about your grandpa and Korea. I'm going to tell that again. My grandfather... Um, was drafted during the Korean War. Uh, he was drafted in, I believe, 52. And uh, he had a few different jobs during his time in the Army over in Korea. Uh, he was a Jeep driver for a little while, but he really hated that, so he got himself fired from that. And uh, that's a, another hilarious story. But they found out he could weld. And he was a farm boy, grew up fixing equipment on the farm. So they put him over in ordinance, uh, welding and fixing up equipment. Because my grandfather was a damn good welder. Especially for the early 50s. So somewhere along the way, he was detached from his army unit. And he was placed in this Korean village that was nearby. And he was working as a type of blacksmith. And he was he was making plows. They were taking old U.S. Army equipment and salvaging the metal to make plows. That's pretty and cool. And giving them to these Korean farmers. And it went beyond that because my grandfather, being the farmer that he was, was actually sharing his experiences with these Korean farmers and teaching them a lot of the American methods. And he showed them how to use the plow, taught them about crop rotations and a lot of the uh, the agronomic practices that were really brand new in the 50s. Uh, and I always thought that was that was really special. You know, that's that's really the reason that we serve. It has nothing to do with carrying that weapon and firing it at the enemy. And while that is part of the job, 
we do that as a way to help those same Korean villagers who are just trying to survive. The United States military was the first armed force on the planet to go to war, not for conquest of land or for religious rights, but to liberate another people from oppression, to give freedom to another group of people. And this happened during our Civil War when the North marched into the South to liberate the slaves. And that has been a, a, a hallmark trait of our military ever since, that our soldiers are not just trained killers. They are highly moral individuals who do have the ability to think, and they're there to save lives, not take lives. However, sometimes if bad men are standing in the way, lives must be taken, and the U.S. military excels at doing that. Put Putting warheads on foreheads. Hmm. Exactly. However, if we need to dig ditches, if we need to build we can bury them bitches. Schools. Oh. You want to know the real story of shit over there? Uh, Iraq, Afghanistan. We'd go in there. We'd build a school. Get it all done. The day after we finished it, they'd blow it up. So you know what we did? We rebuilt it. It happened. A shit ton. All over those fucking countries. And all of it was funded by U.S. Pakistan taxpayer dollars you didn't hear shit about that i don't care i i I am about that take my money and rebuild that school as many times as you fucking need to but also simultaneously try to kill the motherfuckers that are blowing up the schools that my money's building yeah kill that son of a bitch that that's that's what i love about our country and 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 the 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 values we espouse Mm -hmm. the resolve that we have fuck you we'll just rebuild that motherfucker we can do that no big deal and then we're gonna kill you and then we're gonna teach your people how to live like civilized folks when uh when i was in the air force while i did spend a good amount of time in security forces carrying a rifle doing that job i was also in civil engineering which was a job I enjoyed more because it was constructive. Um, you know, we were responsible for building bases in the middle of nowhere. Infrastructure. Uh, infrastructure. And so often as engineers, having the know-how, having the tools and the equipment and the manpower, we found ourselves helping the locals and the nationals. And it it, it became this hand-in-hand type of symbiotic type of relationship with host nations. Um, That's completely natural. It is. It is, and that is how it should be. I mean, if we're going to be in this foreign nation using their soil for our base, um, you know, we should be helping each other out. We should be also learning from each other. you know, there's always going to be a certain uh, cultural barrier there, 
but by learning about each other's cultures, you break those barriers down. That's one of the most beautiful things about humanity. And this is another point I wanted to make about our military is so often our military is that that frontline face of America in the world. And, you know, it's it's something that soldiers are briefed on before they go into a country on uh, courtesies and customs. But. uh you know, it's important to promote that good image out there. And that got tarnished horribly in the past 20 years because of our raggedy ass news media. And, you know, they start bringing up stories about, well, this soldier committed this war crime and this soldier, you know what? The media should have never even done that. The military should have never even let those stories get out. And, uh, to be completely honest with you, those issues should have never left the unit level. That's just how the military works. We have the uniform yeah. code of military justice. We discipline our own for those situations. And so often it was just the media trying to spin a situation and using the American soldier as a scapegoat. So when stories like that come out in the media, it gives a uh, a bad image on the military and it gives the rest of the world a certain idea about who we are and what we do. It's not just the military that, that, that tarnishes though. It's, it's our, our nation as a whole. It, it's, it does. It, you're right. You're right. I mean, but think about, think about what's being espoused in the media right now. It's, it's not all targeted towards the military because we're not, per se boots on the ground war right now but and we haven't been we're not for quite a while I mean, we are uh, we are that's why i we had are. scare quotes here yeah scare quotes but but scary quotes but right. they will do anything they can to tarnish what we're trying to do and nick i want to go back to what you said a little bit ago about you know we we want to do these things so we can put out this good image uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we do want to do these things in certain capacities to put out a good image, but it it's like I said, right before that, it's just the right fucking thing to do. That's the most beautiful thing about humanity. When two different peoples and think about your Thanksgiving story, when two different peoples who don't know shit about each other come together and help each other out and learn from each other that's a huge benefit for both fucking sides all sides even sides that aren't a party to that situation someone from the outside can look at that situation and see the two unlike parties come together with great differences and learn from each other and help each other yes. and in turn that has a ripple effect that Outsiders can see, the, and, and they learn from those lessons, and then they learn to be, quote-unquote, tolerant or open to other ideas, and that's what it's all about. That's what I love about our society and, and our founding and, and, and those values that we were founded upon. Agreed. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. 
but sure, you were you were correct because of because of some of the bad things that have happened and in our past as the United States and because of malevolent actors like our media or our foes in communist Russia or communist China. Well, let's just say fucking communists or Nazis like, you know, the Palestinians. Uh, right. We, 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 we do have to make an effort to Ukrainians put our best foot forward and show show that we're good. We have to make that concerted effort. But in, in, in reality, if we just do the right thing, we don't have to make that our, an, an objective. We don't have to make it an objective to make us look good. Just do the right fucking thing and we'll yeah. by very, or that very nature look good and, and be a, that shining yes. light on the hill. As we should be. I mean, you know, we American, are the American military is supposed to be the world's white knight in shining armor. That's it. They are. Um, I don't care what anybody says. They are. You know, I, I, when I served in the Air Force, I believed in the Air Force, and I mean, like a religion. I knew the Air Force would provide for me. I knew the Air Force had a greater plan, and all I had to do was take care of my job, and everybody else around me was taking care of their job. The other thing that I knew was that every single person around me was the absolute best in the world at their job. They were the best trained. They wanted to be there. They wanted to do that job. That is exactly who I wanted beside me on that job. That's not to say there aren't some dumb motherfuckers in the military. Anybody who's ever served knows there's some dumb motherfuckers in the military. But for the most part, I had excellent NCOs. I had excellent officers. And the machine worked. Okay? The machine worked. I forget what point I was trying to make there. I trailed it doesn't. Off. It doesn't matter. We're we're making good points left and right. It's it's just we're the fucking United States of America, folks. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's all we now, need to say. I remember what I was going to say. Now, the Air Force core values are integrity first, service before self, excellence in all we do, Joe. You'll know from our time at OU and the mottos that we had in the Marching 110, that is exactly how we viewed the world, okay? Exactly. Service before self, excellence in all we do. You always give 110%. You show up prepared, on time, and ready to go to work. And you work hard. You do your job. You know your role. And you execute it. You do not make mistakes. If mistakes are made, you correct them immediately. Um, that's just the way it was. But what I wanted to focus on was the integrity part. It is the first core value because it's the most important and it must be in every motion, every word, every thought, integrity. It is the guide on for every decision that you make. And every member 
of the military must possess that value first. It must be the first. You always lead with integrity and you cannot go wrong. And that's what I'm saying about the military being the white knight in shining armor. Yes, we're the world's policemen. We're going to continue to be the world's policemen. We stand for what's right and what's just. We are not invaders and imperialists. And believe me, if we were, there'd be a whole lot of new New Yorks and new Los Angeles and new Chicago's all over the globe. We would have colonized, imperialized, and taken over plenty of ground. We're capitalists, all right? That's what we do. Exactly. But that is not how we operate our military, because that's not right. Right. It's not right. We're not imperialists. We've let Puerto Rico hang out right there as a quasi-state for over 50 years. All right? They need to shit or get off the pot in my mind. But, uh... Hey, guys, what... Can I ask a question real yeah. quick? I didn't hear this whole thing. But, um, what, what's so bad about imperialism? Why, well, why okay. is that so Imperialism bad? got a bad name because the British Empire spread out all over the world and brought, brought horrible things like slavery to uh, every corner of the globe. No, they didn't. That's, a, that's not true. The, yes, they slavery, did. The British did not bring slavery no. to every corner of the globe. They, they commercialized they were just, it. They no, they didn't do that either. Them. That's not true. What, how Everybody... Everybody was already trading and selling and buying slaves by the time the British the Empire expanded. East you, India Trading Company. I tell you what, they were not. They were not the first ones to start selling fucking slaves. But they were the biggest. I don't give a fuck. The British I, my, Empire so my question stands on the backs of slaves. Uh, my question stands: What is so bad about imperialism? If only if the nation that is being imperialistic is virtuous. Well, all I was saying there, Joe, was imperialism has gotten a bad name by, you know, the same people who want to rewrite all the history of the world. But... It was, I really think it was the slavery aspect of imperialism that um, yeah, resulted I, in this current narrative that we have. Yeah, about it, it. you're right. I don't, I don't I mean, think it, that's, the, that's the thing that resulted in it. I just think that's the thing that um, evil people have honed in on, zoned in on, and, and tried to make that. A, link. It, it, it's tried to. People have used that to try to make the West some sort of foe of human existence and flourishing. Right. When, when in it, it's actually the opposite. The West and its imperialist tendencies have brought prosperity and health and and ended starvation. Ended ended starvation. Revolutionized the entire world. Yes, uh, yes. So, like, why is imperialism so fucking bad again? Civilization and society as a whole 
has skyrocketed. I mean, from think about this: the Wright brothers invented flight in what nineteen oh two. It was nineteen oh two. Okay, and we put Pretty a man sure. on the moon in nineteen seventy two. Nineteen sixty nine. Sure, that one too. So, <laughs> in in what sixty short years, sixty five years, we went from the inception of flight to being on the fucking moon. That's pretty Keith, fucking rapid. Keith, you, I want to. You're smirking over there, dude. I gotta Whoa. know. I gotta know what is what is going on <laughs> in that brain of yours. I'm just listening, sitting back. <laughs> yeah, He's but as soon as we started. As soon as we started talking about, uh, you know, landing on the moon and the dates and what is the date? July 9th, 1969. Yeah. Pretty sure. That's, when, landed on that's the moon. when they shot the movie. Sure. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm just saying, like, I don't know, but so speaking... I don't go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of the moon, to change subject kind of radically, what's up with this beaver moon that you guys had on the topic? Oh, list? yeah. Yeah, that was good. It's kind of like, beaver let's moon. pull that over. Full beaver moon. I don't know if anybody's aware that there is such a thing as a full beaver moon, but it is a, a, a real acid thing. Uh, last week it was, we had a full beaver moon. I just came across this online and I had to touch on it a little bit more here. So, uh, hold on. I got to find it. We're getting there. November. Uh, it's it's a real short description on the link we have in our it notes is. here. And the, so, full moon, the full moon in November is named after beavers who can be seen preparing for the winter. Native Americans also called it the frost moon or the freezing moon. Those are understandable. In Celtic tradition, it is also called the morning moon and the darkest depths moon. So it is uh, simply, uh, I believe it was, they called it the last full moon before the winter solstice. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that is a full beaver moon. Full beaver. A full beaver. Now, uh, many of you have been mooned before, but if you've been mooned by a female, you'll know what a full beaver means. <laughs> exactly right. So, um, that, that's all I can think of. That, now, that, those images, whenever you got... That, who, uh, who put this in the fucking notes? I got to know. Was who nice. was that? That was me. I put it in there. I put nice. it in there. That was me. We all know what a full beaver moon looks like. Yep. I've but seen that. you know what a fruit basket moon looks like? Here, no. let me show you all. <laughs> no, no, oh, no. Switch this off real quick. Change scene, change scene. No. I didn't I didn't know what a full fruit basket moon looked like until I moved into this house that has um, my, my closet doors and my bedroom are full-length mirrors. And then I was finally able to see a full fruit basket moon. 
while you were putting your socks on one day, you just happened to look between your legs and went, Jesus, a goat wandered. Oh, no, wait, that ain't a goat. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, uh, Jesus. Full beaver moon. Full beaver moon. Yep. Interesting can you find stuff. the? You can use that to find the North Star, actually, I hear. I hear it's a myth, like the female orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a whole episode into itself. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Just ask Ben Shapiro. He's still looking for it. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. That's what I hear. Poor guy. Man. Yeah, he got a lot of shit for that. Mm-hmm. Dude, speaking of Ben Shapiro and stuff about the Daily Wire, didn't they just release like a new show or something? It was a movie. Was it good? Keith, you, apparently you didn't watch it. I it have was, not uh, watched it yet. It was on par with shit like um, uh, Blades of Glory and Basketball and Hot Chicks. And like it was one of those hokey, corny comedy movies that are just fucking stupid. What was it called again? uh, It's called Lady Ballers. That sounds fucking hilarious. I know the trailer looks fucking sweet as shit. The trailer was fucking great. I know we can't talk Nick into it because he's anti-Daily Wire for some reason, but dude, it was fucking because hilarious. Because I'm anti-Semitic. Okay. Well, they're mostly Catholic. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but, exactly. uh, oh, my you... grandmother didn't like the Catholics. That's not anti-Semitism. That's anti-Catholicism. Okay. <laughs> well, that's um, just called understandable. Um, but no it's a pretty good movie it's a brief synopsis here it's about a guy that um was a a good high school basketball coach back in the day and he won some championships and then later on in life he found himself with a losing team and didn't know what to do and he's going through a divorce and his kid hated him but his kid is you know, in our modern education system and it's, you know, coming home from school and telling them about how boys can be girls and girls can be boys and this, that, and the other. And, uh, he, he, he's going through this existential crisis and, um, he, he eventually gets his old team from high school back together that he coached that were champions and talks them into posing as women you know, claiming that they're transgender men, transgender women. I, I don't know the logistics yeah. of it. They didn't cut their dicks off. We'll we'll just say that. And uh, so it was kind of like the ringer. They go for they they try out for the world games in in the women's division and are just fucking owning it. And you know, there's a lesson learned at the end, and it's all a beautiful story. But the whole journey is so hokey and so stupid. And so fucking funny. It, it really is on par with, with shit like uh, Step Brothers or... Uh, I keep thinking about Hot Chicks. What was that one that Rob Schneider was in? Uh, where hot he, chi- oh. He was um, in the pillow fight. He 
I think it he, is the hot chick. He swapped bodies with a girl, didn't he? Yeah, oh, no, remember, it was a girl that woke up and was suddenly a forty-year-old guy. Yeah, you remember the pillow fight scene? Yeah. Uh huh. The whole movie was almost like that pillow fight scene. It oh, was great. fucking great. It was fucking hilarious. So it's like almost a early late 90s early 2000s movie yeah it's it's like a, a a comedy that any of us at our age would have watched up until the past i don't know 10 years or so they they can't make comedies like this anymore because hollywood can't do wow, that back. hollywood can't back. do that and well nick that's why i keep pushing you towards the daily wire because they're doing this they're saying fuck all that bullshit and creating a space in our culture in our society where we can have good comedy again we can have good stories again we can have true stories again and even some cases oh it you can't do that stuff in hollywood anymore and it's starting to pay off i mean i watched it i watched the fucking from premiere as soon as it aired i loved it i loved it yeah it was dumb I, you know, we were all sitting in the living room looking at each other like, what the fuck? That was stupid. But at the same time, we're laughing our balls off or not balls because some of us were not men. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's even though they would say they laughed their balls off. Right. It, it was good. No, comedy's definitely coming back because you can't kill it. It's It's funny. As a matter of fact, it's suddenly become a thing where there's all kinds of new comedians who are making a name for themselves and it's because they're not playing the woke game and they're still making the funny jokes and people find them fucking hilarious that guy that we were talking about uh last week joe i can't remember he's in that meme where he's on the phone and he's talking to the mechanic and he tells him he sucks and they're gonna come he's gonna come down there and beat their fucking ass yeah Oh, Shane Gillis. Gillis. That was Shane, Shane Gillis. Gillis. Okay. That Dude, guy's hilarious. hilarious. He tells hilarious. racist jokes. He tells sexist jokes. You want to know what his discriminate. bread and butter is? His bread and butter, butter is telling jokes about Down syndrome. Yeah, because he, he claims that he, he looks like a Down syndrome guy. And he also claims that he's got like one or two people in his family that actually have Down syndrome. So, and I believe it because when you really listen to his jokes, he's never, ever really making fun of people with Down syndrome. He's really not. He's, he's laughing with them, if you will. And, uh, he's, he's fucking hilarious, but yeah. for a comedian these days to do something like that, that's edgy as fuck. Well, think about that Matt Rife, dude, Keith, you, right. I'm so glad you turned me on to that interview with him and Jordan Peterson. That was fucking pure gold. And everything both of those guys said in that interview was great. Yep. I watched that whole yep. fucking thing, man. It Matt Rive doesn't give a fuck. We bring this up. And he shouldn't have to. Comedy no, he and... shouldn't be apologizing. Like, in, in his so... response to his criticism was absolutely perfect. He was criticized for making some joke about domestic violence i don't even remember the joke i've probably seen it before i love yeah. matt rife i've seen a lot of his videos but keith you know, like um his what was yeah. his what was his response it was like uh his online criticism of his domestic violence joke so he commented some some sort of quasi 
apology. It wasn't oh, an yeah. apology. It was on his Instagram. He said, here, go ahead and file your complaint here. And it was a link. And it took you to a Amazon shopping cart with a helmet for people that are a special needs persuasion. <laughs> and it was great. And he left it up for like 48 hours or something like that, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, but here's the beauty of it because of his comedy and all the backlash he mm-hmm. got and then his mm-hmm. response that company that sells those special needs helmets they sold helmets and made fucking money off of it mm-hmm. yeah they did because people were buying it as as a joke they you know people thought it was fucking hilarious so they're like ah, yeah i'm gonna buy this for this douchebag i know that gets pissed yeah. off every time i open my mouth right. yeah. <laughs> like it it's it it works out for everyone. So, um, something I saw the other day, the, uh, I guess he's the OG anti-woke comedian who has always told everybody to get fucked and he's going to do what's funny regardless of what is politically correct, Dave Chappelle. And uh, if you've seen any of his recent comedy specials he's made, you know He's made fun of the trannies, and it was fucking hilarious. It was gold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was gold, and the tranny community got pissed off at him, and he made fun of them for it, (laughs) and it was even funnier. He calls them the alphabet people. Yep. So just this week, Lauren Boebert posted a picture on social media of her and Dave Chappelle with a caption that says, just a few Americans who understand that there are only two genders. Yeah. And I get it, of course. If anybody doesn't think Dave Chappelle thinks that, you better go watch his specials because he flat tells you that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. But what I think is hilarious is the comments that I saw from the liberals who just couldn't believe that Dave would do this. What are you thinking, Dave? You know, it's, I I don't know if they were pissed that he was standing there for a photo with that Lauren Boebert because she's kind of dumb. I think that that was the bigger thing. And she's not really that dumb. Just a lot of times she comes off. It's not well represented that she's wanting to try to push out. You know what I'm saying? Even like kind of like Candace Owens, yeah, exactly. Like a lot of foot in the mouth kind of oh. issues when they're trying to describe things, and yeah, I but... think that they're trying to go a little too fast than what they're designed for. Candace <laughs> Owens is trying to stay relevant, all right, and she likes attention, and that is 90% of what drives what Candace Owens is doing. Mm. Um, and I think. The same goes for some of these uh, senators. Maybe Lauren Boebert's like that. I'd say Marjorie Taylor Greene is exactly like that. And she's a problem. She's a big fucking problem. How she's she making a problem? all conservatives look bad. How? By actually doing <laughs> stuff? By actually not um, giving a shit and like fighting really against stuff? dumb shit. She's done some really like dumb shit. I can't think of a specific example right okay. now. 
But yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't label it if you can't say the direct things of what you think that would be dumb to say that she's saying dumb things. But I definitely say that she does fall into that same thing where we have twenty four hour media, and you're going to say some dumb shit at some point because you're saying something not the way that you should be saying it, and it's not really that the context that they have is dumb. I think that it's more of their delivery that's appearing to be dumb. Now, I would have to say with, um, you know, Taylor Green, she's definitely bringing some heat where it's needed. You know, we have too many lip people in politics that won't get shit done, and they only stay on this party line. Yeah, she's, but I've again, I feel like you're only saying that because of what I said. She, mm-hmm. she wants to remain relevant, and she likes attention. So she jumps on these hot button issues. <clears throat> we have a podcast. Just yeah. so you know, we have a podcast. What are we doing? Yeah. Without having We're any office. Yeah, We're not in our office. But what I'm getting at here is she's not really smart enough to coherently do what she's doing. Which one? You know, it's, it's like she wants to go out there and be like Trump, but she ain't strong enough. Bovert or Trump terror? Trump did that shit. He was quick enough to battle those reporters right there on the spot and shoot one-liners back and forth with him. She's not. MTG or Lauren Bovert? MTG. Yeah. Yeah, again, they're, they're definitely not well-equipped to be able to debate any kind of way that would be up to that caliber in that level. But yet, all of them are super narcissistic and super fame and glory happy and everything Mm -hmm. else. That's why they're all politics now is how we view that is that they're Mm -hmm. all trying for that shit instead of what it used to be is like, you're trying to serve and do X, Y, Z to help your constituents. Yeah. And that's poisonous. I mean, totally. These senators and representatives who are like that are really a major part of the problem with Congress and legislation and trying to get anything done in the federal government. They're the problem. It's just toxic, incendiary comments. It's like all they're trying to do is inflame their base and build up support, and the campaign cycle never, ever, ever fucking ends. And, you know, right back to what I always said, it's, it's propaganda and rhetoric. And it's so heavily laced, it's disgusting. Yeah. And all I want is a real leader in there, somebody who actually wants to do the job to serve America. Exactly. Not a self-serving politician trying to get reelected and trying to hide their stock portfolios from the rest of the world. Exactly. And not doing freaking buddy favors for everything and trying to hide shit from the constituents. You know? Right. That's that's the shit that just makes me sick. And, like, even here locally, you know, you have stuff like that going on, and it's horrible. But it's easier to control at True the that. local level. You know, you find out about these things at the local level. You know, and at the federal level, we don't know these people. We only find out what the fucking media tells us, and they're spinning some narrative. Every second they're on TV, they're spinning narrative. Exactly. So, <clears throat> you know, guys, part of the problem I... in, in Congress isn't just the people that we elect. 
you know, we, we sometimes damn good people get elected that want to make change and want to represent their constituents. And then they get to Congress and they fucking can't because yeah. of, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but it, yes, the incentive structures. You, you, you can't, you can't make change in Congress with the incentive structures that are in place there. What are the incentive structures in Congress? Get elected, make a big fuss, stay elected. That's those are the incentive structures there. So just serve your country and shut the fuck up, just like the, every yeah, American it, soldier. I, I I get that. I get that. If only it were that simple. Um, but the incentive structures aren't there. They need to change those incentive structures because we have our media, we have our our uh, politique, we have our our yeah, and and th- that's how it is. You you can't change that just by electing different people. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Uh, we we I've been voting Jim Jordan for years now, and he's not been able to do anything about it because because the incentive structures in Congress don't allow him to make big changes for my district. That's just, I'm sorry. You can't just say, well, I'm going to, you know, our, our district, we're going to vote differently this year and, and, you know, things are going to change. It's not going to happen. Not going to fucking happen. You know, this is, I don't, I'm not saying that I know the answer because this is where I full stop say, I don't know what to do, but I do know that those incentive structures are there. Okay. One. I believe I said this earlier in the show. Maybe it was in take one. But uh, we got to move. We have to remove powers from the federal government. We need to shrink federal government down to a small government and move those powers down the chain of command more to local where we can uh, control it better, if you will. Um, So, but... I forget where I was saying. Keith, what do you think? Oh, I definitely agree. Like I said, I'm highly a libertarian, so let's remove some of the government and let's put it back on the states a little bit more and local government and less all of that as well. I think that I think really like you should only be to the extent of helping people from not getting poisoned. You know what I'm saying? Like but that's about it. Like you shouldn't have to have much else in people's lives other than. Hey, we need term limits protection. and something else. I mean, definitely these legislators limits. have given themselves a full-time job in Washington and it was never like that originally. Yeah. It was only this supposed country to be was founded. These were professionals who had their own practices, lawyers, doctors business people, from, people business people farmers all right 
they went home and they just met for a few weeks, maybe two or three months out of the year. They would go to Washington, D.C., sit down, hash everything out for the year, and then they went back home and lived with their constituents. They didn't live in Washington, D.C. full time. Right. They didn't have two homes, one in their home district and one there. They no. had a little bit of that, but it was this like more bullshit. of like a hotelish kind of setup instead of it being like a full dedicated house to you. Right. You had we your need... quarters just while you're here and then send you back. So term limits? Definitely. Two terms, period. We, we need to do something about the amount of time that these people have to debate this shit and yeah. to work through an issue. It's ridiculous. Learn brevity. Get through it. So one and thing that I would... Filibustering is bullshit. Uh, uh, go ahead. One thing that I would say about term limits before we go into the filibuster stuff is like, I think that we should have two term limits so that you would have like, let's say you're a congressman and then you did two terms. But if you're trying to go over to like a Senate, you should only have one term at that because you've already been in Congress per, you know what I'm saying? So you've already had three yeah. terms. You should and, be done. You shouldn't have a second term in, as a senator at that point. Well, yeah. senator terms I'm, are longer than representatives. Am I right there? What was that again? Sorry. Senators serve longer than representatives? Yeah, there's six years. It's four years and six years. Yeah, yeah four for yeah. reps, six years for senators. Yeah. Nick, so I you think you're on to something, though. You're, you, we need to. Uh, there, there needs to be some limit on how much time these people get to spend doing that job, right? Because in in the end, they have spent an inordinate amount of time yeah. cramming down laws that they have no business making. Right. We need to timestamp laws. If you can't get it passed in this amount of time, that that bill expires it's gone right and you either got to start over rewrite it and reintroduce it but they're moving on to the next article you know well right on down the agenda these people have no idea what productivity is these people have never worked out in the real Mm -hmm. world where productivity is paramount joe keith me we all know what that means you get if you want to get paid you got to be productive you can't just show up and expect to get paid i still think though they are getting paid at that same point by doing it and keeping it stalled out so then they can lobby against it to get more funding and all this other different jazz but like you said there's another there should be a lobby a term limit with the whole you know in committee on a bill being reviewed like you should allow that just to be massively tabled for so long like you're saying but i I also want to real quick i want to toss in there if you're running for president you have let's say you're a senator you automatically should give up your senator position if you're running for president even if you don't win you should give that up because you're focusing on that. You're not focusing on your constituents. Yeah. What, d- yeah. Hillary but, didn't give up her seat until she got elected, correct? Until Hillary wasn't in the Senate anymore when she okay. ran. As far as I Biden? didn't know. Yeah, I don't think she was. Biden wasn't in the Senate either. Okay. 
but but Keith, uh, what you just said there uh, made me think of somebody that I actually like and think would do a good job as president. It's Ron DeSantis. Um, in his home state of Florida, where he is governor, uh, he and his coalition passed a bill that, and what you're talking about exists, but only on a state level. So if a governor in Florida were to run for president, then he forfeits his position as governor, and then the lieutenant governor takes takes the reins and you know so on and so forth down the line but knowing that Ron DeSantis was going to run for president he and his coalition in Florida passed legislation in their state that said that he doesn't have to do that Ron DeSantis is running for president and is still the governor of Florida I don't like that I love Ron DeSantis I'm not saying that I don't I think he'd be a great fucking president. I like his policies. I like his governance. He did a fucking great job in Florida. But that's some grimy shit right there. I think so, too. But I think that I would have to say that I don't think that he'd be a great president. I think he'd be an excellent vice president. Because to the one and only yeah, basically. Donald Trump. Right now, you know that's going to happen, right? Right you now, know, you know, DeSantis is going to be Trump's VP pick. Yeah, and then they're going to move the White House to Mar-a-Lago. No shit, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to play golf. On yeah, I'm going to play golf and visit the president. I will say that I'm playing golf, but I'm putting more divots into the ground and being a trencher. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but who cares? Anything else. We'll get McDonald's at the end of the day. Hey, Diet Cokes yeah. and McDonald's. Oh, Fuck shit. Yeah. Dude, we're down south. We're going to get some Zagsby's or Bojangles. Mm. Yeah. Not, Donald Trump loves McDonald's and Diet yeah. Coke. Yeah, yeah. Robot. Food. Is Zagsby's good, though, man? There's Fuck one yeah, down where I go to work all the time. Dude, it's. And I keep eyeballing it like, man, that. It's the shit, dude. Do you. Okay, have you been to any places that sell, like, uh, tenders or stuff like that, just, like, solely? Like, we have places around here called, like, Raising Canes is one. Oh, I Um, love Canes, dude. Canes is good shit. If you like Canes, Zaxby's, like, three times better. No shit. Dude, yes shit. Man, I'm getting fucking hungry again already. I just had a fucking pizza. And you want to get the extra Zaxby sauce. It's so good. Dude, that Raising Cane sauce is fucking exquisite. Yeah. Dude, you'll think that this is like gourmet then compared to that because it's so good. But Zaxby's, I was looking at their menu a little bit one day on DoorDash sitting in the hotel room. They've got all kinds of shit. All kinds. It's not just chicken, dude. They got burgers and sandwiches and fucking, I think they've even got like shrimp and stuff. Yeah. It's a southern fucking place, man. Oh, man. That's so good. That's one thing I can say about my travels down south. I'm away from my family. I go there I go there too much. It's it's a pain in the ass, but man, I'm gaining weight. 
Dude, especially where you're going, I would think that you'd be mowing some good authentic barbecue from right oh, there. Dude. Like, it's so good. Dude, I've been eyeballing this one chicken place. I can't... I, Janet's Chicken or something like that. Janet's Nashville Chicken. Mm. And I'm just like... Mm. I'm going to have to fucks with that. I'm scared of it because I know it's Nashville hot chicken. And I know that I'm going to be on the toilet for the next two days. But But worth it. God, it's going to be so good. I know it is. Hey, speaking about food and stuff, I know that we had this on our topic list. um, Egg scholarships. Nick, I know that comes near and dear to your heart about stuff. Well, let's let's preface this a little bit. Let's set it up because Keith, you had sent us uh like an instagram short or something about this this organization this guy and maybe a couple of his buddies that were uh what was going on there they had uh they were doing an auction and stuff yeah yeah that's what it was they they um yeah well hell it's right here on our notes uh they are they're an organization that gives out scholarships for people that want to go into the ag field and because they're trying to keep farmers alive. And I remember him in the video talking about how, um, you know, there are so many fewer farmers these days than there were, you know, a decade, two decades, three decades ago. And so that's why he's doing what he's doing is trying to keep kids into farming because let's face it, who feeds us? Farmers. That's right. And, one of his one of his uh marketing campaigns or whatever not marketing but you know a way to draw attention to it and raise money was um the ceo or or somebody uh that was really high up at uh, makers mark distillery had donated a lot i think it was like 120 bottles of some really high end makers mark Mm-hmm. bourbon and um and they're all numbered bottles so mm-hmm. they're expensive and they were auctioning them off just to raise money to give scholarships and as soon as i saw that i was like man that's fucking badass and then my mind clicked and i'm like monsanto mm-hmm. cargill mm-hmm. and i started thinking about our mm-hmm. current education system in terms of higher education universities and stuff i'm like what what is this is this is this for real uh is is it uh some sort of ponzi scheme or is this guy no. maybe maybe just a little misled and wants yeah. to keep farmers you know uh wants to keep people in farming because it's the right thing to do because we need farmers but in in turn, maybe he's sending people to horrible universities that'll teach them horrible fucking things. That's what I'm terrified of with my yeah, kids. They yeah. want to go to they want to go to a university. I'm like, yeah, good for you for wanting to get a degree, but you're gonna go learn how to be a fucking retard. Yep. Um. Yeah. And real no. quick, the one thing they were saying is that the average age for farmers currently is roughly around like 56 to 58 years old. So yeah. they're aging out quick. Yeah. Yeah. And even that point has a few various issues attached to it. Um, and I am speaking at this from the farmer point of view. Uh, 
but where do I start here? First of all, I don't think the guy is misled with uh, what he's trying to do here with the, the Maker's Mark auction, raising funds and getting scholarships out there to try and get more farmers into the into the industry. Okay, uh, so if he's not I, misled, I don't think then is he? He's not misled or anything. Uh, I think he's really trying to do a good thing there. I can see how uh, you're thinking that, Joe. I, I really can. Um, and, you know, even from my point of view, you can go to college and get all the book learning that you want. You can go and you can get a degree in agronomy and soil sciences and chemistry and biology and then you go out, you get on a tractor, you get a planter, and you go put that crop out there. And uh, that college degree isn't going to carry you very far because so much of farming, so and I mean the, the actual going out there and growing the crop all, all on your own here. Okay, this is a multifaceted operation, so follow me for a second here. Not only do you have to have the skills and abilities to go out there and do that crop, okay? You need the experience, okay? You need to know how your soil behaves. You need to know your weather patterns. You need to know your timing. All of that is critical, critical to production of a crop. And that's what a farmer does. They know producing that crop. And they have to take all of this knowledge from, uh, you know, experience, the knowledge that they gained from agronomy and plant biology and their chemistry. And they have to make that fit into their overall business plans. And because every farmer out there is an independent business and, and money is not. Uh, an infinite thing on a farm it's a very finite thing and you're responsible for repairs on all that equipment to get that crop out there and massive amounts of overhead ridiculous input costs so you have to be uh, uh, part banker and accountant you have to be one hell of a business manager so um you know, there is a so lot. So it sounds like a, a good thing to go to college for It is a good thing to go to college. And, and ag no, business and no, stuff. No, here's what I'm getting at. Um, well, that was my main question. Is it is it even really now, fucking like, useful to do so? Listen, agriculture is a multi-billion dollar industry. There is so much money in agriculture, and none of it is at the level of the farmers okay it's everybody up the chain of command you the know money why? isn't coming to the farms because the farms are only making what they can sell every bushel of their crop okay but you have agronomists that are making big time money you've got marketers and brokers that are making big time money uh, the equipment dealership salesmen uh, everybody else in the whole chain of agriculture, the, it, I don't say chain, it's a web. 
it is a web. It's an interlocking web. And everybody else surrounding that farmer is making the money. Do you not know the why? Farmer. Just as Joe likes to say, incentive structures. Man, Keith, you <laughs> took the words structure. right out of my fucking mouth, dude. dude okay, so good. the biggest thing is, is that we're not allowed to have, you, you know, you as a farmer have lost so many rights, period, like seed Correct. rights. And that's the first and foremost gang rape Between that the you're getting. Corporations and the government, the American farmer is getting gang fucked. Big time. It's not between a rock and a hard place. You're between a cock and a cock. And they got you balls deep, airtight on both ends. Yep. And they are just fucking you dry. They know exactly how much money you can make and mm -hmm. still survive to put out a crop for the next year. And yeah, because they, they already stole us. all your data. They control us yep. and they keep us right there in that profit range that just keeps us farming for another year. Okay? So that's why, that's is... why I'm that's why I was really uh questioning this this whole idea. Like we're sending kids to school to learn how to do one of two things. Either exploit those folks and keep them in that profit range or send them out into the field to stay in that profit range. No, well, yeah. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, pretty much. Basically. Because the guys who are the real farmers out here, they didn't go to college for it. They graduated high school and they went to work and they've been farming every day of their lives. Okay? And I will reference Joe, the guy I was just previously working for, the guy our age. That's him. He didn't go to college. He's a smart guy. He is. He's probably the best farmer I know because he can balance all of these, you know, multiple facets that it takes to produce a quality, high-yielding crop. He can do that. He, he does it very, very well. And he can pull all of this, you know, information he needs. Um, but he didn't go to college to learn this stuff. He went to work on the farm. He's got all the experience in the world. He worked with his grandfather and his father, and that is what it takes to be a farmer in America. You need the generational uh, knowledge because that's what farming has thrived on for thousands of years. Every growing season is a learning experience. That's why I refer to farming as a practice. We are learning every year and you take notes. Every growing season is a science experiment. Mm -hmm. And we learn and we, we, we adapt our methods. We develop new practices. We continue to become better stewards of the land. And in turn, our crop gets better. Nick, it sounds like what you're telling me is that going to college for agronomy and, and that sort of stuff isn't isn't that important? No, I have pushed my kids to go to school for mathematics. I want them to be grain brokers. I want them to be bankers. I want them to be lawyers. That's what I want. I want well, them that's to all understand. good and fine. But because that's not, what it's, the farm that's... is going to need. So that's why I'm saying this guy isn't off the mark 
giving these kids scholarships, but we don't really need more agronomists and plant biologists in this world. What we need is more people who understand agriculture and what it takes to produce a crop, and they understand the symbiotic relationship between farmer and mother nature. That's, uh, um, you're confusing me. I, I'm following Why? you, dude, and I think that with that, just as we're talking about politics and everything else and saying that, you know, if you're serving your community and stuff as a politician, you need to come back to home base to understand. And I think those people, just like you're saying, like once they learn how things take yes. to produce, they still need to refresh and come back later right. on with that. And, and that's, that's, the thing. that's part of it. You know, I've always told my kids, you got to do your schoolwork. I do want them to go to school, but to do something better. Right. Okay. To, 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 I guess, Yes, I want them up that chain of command, Joe. As you would say, learn to exploit that. Learn to exploit the farmer. But they're going to bring that knowledge right back to our farm. And after they're, they've got their education and they know how to uh, do what they need to do to manage okay. and run the farm, then they can yeah. come back and go to work. And we will... Uh, we will learn to grow that crop. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I guess it's not the. You see what I'm saying? It's not the binary that both. I had in my mind. It's no, not the binary no, that I no. had in my mind. Absolutely not. Nothing in ag is going to be binary like that. You know, except for profit and loss. That's the only pro binary there is. You're either making money or you're losing money. But there's a whole lot of gray area there, buddy. Well, what I'm saying is it's not just either you're going to be, um, well, oh, man, I hate to admit this, but I was just thinking like a fucking modern-day Democrat. Oppressor or oppressed, those are the only two things you can be. If you're going to be a farmer, you just have to accept the fact that you will be oppressed, okay? And the farmer has always been oppressed throughout history, but the farmer also never wears it as oppression. They wear it as heritage, okay? Heritage you know, of plantations. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. That's a no, fucking can that's of worms not what right I mean. there. That's not what I mean. I mean, you come out here to the country and... Hey, we were uh, already talking about building the West on the backs of slaves, man. Well, I mean, let's look. Come on. You want to go there, guys? That's not what I said. I didn't say we didn't build the West on the blacks. Of... I said the British Empire was built on the backs of slaves. Well, everything before 1776 was their fault. Correct. True that. Correct. <laughs> no, you say dumbass shit and you just blew my train of thought. So, I will. Sorry. <laughs> Keith, that was your fault shit. too, dude. You actually fucking oh, yeah. fucker. You, you started off. that one, Keith. <laughs> but it was too good. And we definitely understand you you know, it does take the skills, but you're getting the skills by the experience and everything else. Right. I think that one thing that would be great is if it would go in the similar model of like uh Mike Rowe and his Mike or whatever Something works, Mike works, what's his job works, whatever uh, his foundation Rowe is. Works, Mike yeah. Rowe works. Huh? Yeah, I love so that like, guy. So, like, I, Mike I view Rowe, it, the dirty jobs guy. 
I view this more that it would be cooler if it was going more towards that vocational type to where it is promoting the co-opting and working on the farm and getting that experience and working in that aspect. Why does it have to be at the university level where you're spending tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars to get knowledge that your grandpa's already been gathering data on this for well, you know, your your family's already been gathering all this data. Why do you have to go to college and spend all this then. money for for that? That's that was always the way that I viewed it, and I knew a lot of people when we graduated high school that they went and they majored in agronomy, and that's good. But at the same time, I always felt like uh, you know, there's a lot of that that we're learning right there on the farm. That is the agronomy lab, is the farm, that field right yeah. there. You want your yeah. soil sciences, get a shovel, walk out into that field and start digging and looking. That's, that's exactly what I did back in my FFA days. Right. And, uh, but there is knowledge that you need to gain in order to go out there and be able to judge that soil properly. Okay. But now, does it have to be at the university level? I mean, for s- some of the careers in this, Yes, because I'm going to go out there and I can dig around in that soil and I can look at it and I can feel it, but I can't see everything in that soil. I still need to take it to a lab and have it analyzed and I have to know what to do with the data that the lab gives me. Okay, so I've got this much magnesium, I've got this much zinc, I've got this much phosphorus. I have to translate that into... What does this crop need and what is going to hurt this crop but and I think, what's in my soil? I think that, again, you still don't need to have a university degree or no, but even what classic I was saying for is, that. But to yes. be a, a, a farmer – now, this guy's just talking about getting people into the ag industry, and that's fine and good. People will always it come is. into the ag industry because it is a multi-billion dollar industry there's a fuck ton of money there it's a rude industry. well this is also america to be and, and, a and farmer, that's our heritage to be a farmer and this is another reason why they're the few the proud and the dying off there's just not many american farmers anymore is because it takes such a wide range of skills and abilities to become a successful farmer it's not enough just to go out there and work hard anymore the profit margins are so small. You have to be an excellent business manager. You have to be smart with your money. You have to be mechanically inclined to know how to at least diagnose some of this equipment because you can't afford to call John Deere out every time something breaks. You, you said profit margins are small and you can't afford it. That sounds like a result of a, a two-word phrase that I've – Keith, what was it that I say all the time? I think that's incentive structures. Oh, somebody's pulling some fucking strings because they're yes. making lots of fucking money off of it. Bingo. Bingo. And it's, and it's not the farmer. Everybody nope. else up the chain nope, outside it's... of the web. Yep. Exactly. The money exactly. goes to the outside. And where does it end up? It ends up, I'm going to go really anti-capitalist here for a second. Here, so bear with me, <laughs> All right, me, I'm going to put you center screen. The, it goes to the fucking mega corporations such as Monsanto. Dow, Bayer, 
Monsanto, BASF, uh, 3M. I could keep going. I will drop dimes on all you dirty motherfuckers because the liberals, for some reason, want to blame the individual for hoarding money, and it's not the individual to blame. It's the fucking corporations. Insurance companies and these pharmaceutical chemical companies. The same motherfuckers who were making all this Viagra, Tylenol, COVID vaccines, they're the same ones doing our seed. And you know what? None of us farmers are really a big fan of Viagra. How they have us by the balls on this GMO seed. And they do. There are a lot of benefits to the GMO seed, but there are some disadvantages too. Okay. Again, wait, 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 wait. Don't go, at cost. Don't, don't go huh? too much further, guys. Don't go too much further because you're not talking about capitalism. That's, You're right. This is this We're is reminiscent on. of communism. This is nationalized industry. Or I was thinking fascism. Fascism. This, this is because mm. it's unofficial. Sure, government doesn't but, want to own the means of uh, uh, production. No, they, they do. Just want but to they control they... the means of production. Thank you. And that is fascism. And lob- lobbying, and and all the payoffs and. All these super PACs. This is this is reminiscent of communism, fascism, whatever you yes. want to call it. This is not yeah. capitalism. Yeah. So and they want I, to take control of food production, and every single person listening, uh, however few or many of you there are, that should frighten you more than anything else about this government. They want to control every bit of food that you intake into your bodies. And it's, it's, it, listen, it is not right-wing propaganda that they want you eating bugs. There are literally places here in the United States growing bugs, mass-producing bugs for food production. If you want to eat bugs, tofu... You go oh, ahead and you keep hey, voting green. That that movie you were asking me about, Keith, the Lady Ballers movie from the Daily Wire. Uh, funny little scene in that movie. Um, the coach going through a divorce. He was dropping his daughter off at his ex-wife's house, who is now engaged to some like uh, chakra loving dude. dude. <laughs> did, did you you saw the preview? So I guess I won't can't spoil it for you. It's Matt Walsh playing this character. Of oh, all people, it's Matt partner. Walsh. <laughs> he he was wearing like some silk yoga loving. I, I don't even know what you want to call it. He's got long hair, and he keeps going. I see you. I love you. <laughs> and but when he so when Jeremy Boring's character pulls up to drop his daughter off, they've got those signs in front of their house, like in this house, love is love. We, you know, there is no hate um, here. Hate is bad. And or, oh, But one of the lines on the sign said, in this house, we think crickets are delicious. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? That character you just described, Matt Walsh playing, sounds a lot like uh, Kevin Nealon's character in Grandma's Boy. 
if you guys yes. have seen that. Perfect. Absolutely. Yes. 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 That. He was fucking hilarious in that. Yes, that's that's a perfect description. I sense but, a lot of negative energy. In yes, right. But we need that... to take the energy. We're gonna flip it upside down, <laughs> and we're gonna bring it down. Isn't yeah, that better. Now, let's have some chai tea. Yes, yes. <laughs> that... Nick, you gotta watch the movie, dude. You, you're gonna like it. I know you I feel don't like want that's to. Who they tried to turn Worf into in the Picard series. Oh, it fucking in is. Three. Mm-hmm. It, it tried is. To turn him into fucking Kevin Nealon. Totally. Yep. Yep. And they did it masterfully. Don't get me wrong, but it was in good. the beginning. I'm like, <sighs> and Worf still went full Worf. I, I mean, mean, yeah. Killed they everybody. had him in the back alley with all those Romulans. And they thought he was dead, and all of a sudden he pops up and kills 12 of them in about three seconds. Yeah. What was his comment? Like, uh, you only stabbed me in one heart. I've got two. I've got two. (laughs) (laughs) However, I am bleeding bleeding profusely, and if I do not get medical attention soon, I will die. We should go. (laughs) We should go. Oh, oh shit. War- Keith, is Worf not the best part of Deep Space Nine now? I mean, oh, Cisco man. is badass, but Cisco and Worf together? Oh, holy yeah. fuck. Dude, okay, like, so give you up to date. I'm now on. Yeah, I episode, haven't heard where you are recently. Where are you? Episode three of season five on DS9. All right. So, so this is where no. <clears throat> um, Kira is yes. pregnant with what's his face's O'Brien's baby o'brien baby. and uh but o'brien didn't fuck her no no it's just it was a transport no. chain but she pretty a, much fucked her yeah this is basically. a surrogate this but is a surrogate see they're now like having feelings for each other because he rubs her and stuff because Keiko makes him fucking slave oh, yeah, over yeah, yeah. and stuff. Let's be know. honest. If either of you guys were to rub on Kira Norris, you'd get some feelings too. Uh, Most I have of those feelings now. would be so, in like, your pants, I'd but like, you would get some yeah. feelings. I had those totally. feelings before the massage. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so then that's also... Interesting. And it's, it speaks volumes to how much integrity Miles O'Brien yes. has. I love my wife. And then um, it was cool to see Worf, one, one of the, these Klingon girls and stuff, but then it was actually Quark's ex-wife, and like he helped her out, helped him out to get with her a little bit more and stuff. Oh, yeah, and Worf was pissed. And what happened, what Worf do? He threw Jadzia down and... Yeah, yeah he tried did. to break her hips. Yeah, we're just at that point. That's the okay. final piece. Nice. So I'm like, hail to the yeah. But it was funny because she's like, bitch, what do you see in her? I'm in front of you. And he's like, yeah. I don't see shit because I'm a fucking warrior, so, motherfucker. Ah! So then she grabs a bat left and yeah. is like, here, motherfucker, I'm going to smack you in the right. fucking face with it. Like, damn, clearly you can't see. And then I do love that scene because she's like, she's like all about it. And they fall on the ground. And then Worf reaches up and grabs her by the neck. And she immediately regrets that decision. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's when she remembers that Klingons have 
two barbed cocks. Yes, twin barbed cocks. Scary. The super scary dude. <laughs> All right. Fuck. Uh, hey, but so Jedzia speaking is one badass bitch. Speaking of things of the future, you, Joe, just were on a trip for work and you got to test drive. Well, not really test drive. You got to drive a different car than normal. Oh, dude. All right. I've been way against this electric car bullshit until I got behind the wheel of a Tesla M3, and that's one of their lower end models but man that motherfucker's fast it, it takes a little getting used to because of the controls are different like you don't have a gear shifter you don't i mean you have to put it in drive i guess but it's just like a little it's it's like your turn Touch signal button. you just you, you just click your turn signal and it goes into reverse or drive and is it like driving a uh, forklift four yes it's like driving okay. a forklift yeah, I could get used to that. I'm forklift certified. What's up, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this forklift is extremely fucking fast. Nice. No matter what, I cannot believe the torque this thing has. Going down the interstate, I was, well, I it wasn't my rental car. It was a co-worker's rental car. And... He's not from here, and he's not super comfortable driving in the U.S., so he also knew I was kind of like wanting to drive a Tesla. So he's like, here, man, you drive. we got to go pick up some other folks from the airport. Heck, yeah. So I'm like, all right, bet. Let's go. It was really weird at first because when you accelerate, you go fast. But when you let off the pedal, it automatically brakes. I mean, not like slams you to a stop brakes, but... The brakes engage just a little bit. Come to find out, that is part of the battery regeneration. If you're not putting on the gas or the throttle, whatever you want to call it, if you're not accelerating, it's trying to use your brakes to recharge the battery. It's pretty fucking cool. Okay, that makes sense. But I get out on the interstate going down I-24 towards Nashville, and... It wasn't like super heavy traffic, but you know, I, I drive kind of fast. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I know the area. I want to get there and get the fuck back. It's fucking dinner time. Let's do this. And uh, you know, I'm doing maybe seventy, seventy-five, mm. and I finally get comfortable with the car. And I'm like, all right, it's time to go. So from seventy-five miles an hour. I just kind of punch it, and I go, oh, shit. Never been in any gas vehicle that can do anything like that. And I've been in some fast fucking cars. Well, no, it's I, an electric fucking motor. Of course, it's far more responsive. The it's fucking, it's, the it's fucking like torque. The trigger on a drill. Yeah. Okay. The fucking torque on these things are yeah. insane. Raw Even at, DC power, baby. I could not fucking believe it, dude. I scared the shit out of, well, I won't say his name, but I sp scared the shit out of that poor guy because, you know, he's not from here. He's <laughs> not a citizen, and he may or may not have a green card. <clears throat> right. And he doesn't want to get pulled over. Sure. He's paying taxes. He's got but a he, green card. He is paying taxes. He doesn't have a green card. He, he's That's got all a visa. That he's got a visa. 
He's, he's legal. Paying taxes. He's legal. He's a great dude, right. great engineer, one of my good friends now. But you know, we we make lots of jokes back and forth, and you know, he freaked out once I pump punched the gas, and and before you knew it, we're doing ninety five hundred mile an hour, and I looked down like, oh shit! Dang. It literally just all I did was. I, I that there's the gas pedal mm-hmm. just in a couple seconds up to 100 mile an hour and i'm like what the fuck You're like i'm fast as fuck boy fuck yeah dude i couldn't believe it and now i'm on the tesla train i fucking want one and keith yes. i think you sent us that video today or yesterday of the uh, tesla truck yeah, dude, the drag racing the Porsche. Mm, I yeah. love that video. It was the it was a video of the Tesla, the brand new Tesla truck that was just released a few days ago, drag racing a Porsche for the quarter mile, and the Tesla truck wins by at least one and a half, two car lengths. While it was pulling a trailer with a fucking same Porsche that it was racing, and it the Porsche on the trailer even beat the fucking Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. This Tesla truck okay. pulling a Porsche on a trailer beat a Porsche. I'm sick. just going to throw something out there because I believe this needs a little context. We're looking at this from one perspective here. And yes, these electric vehicles, I don't know if they're cool. The shit that they're they cool. can do is cool that acceleration and all of that i'm not surprised by all of this of me neither me neither that but it's fun um i've drove electric vehicles before like i said i'm forklift certified so um i'm not surprised by this i know a lot of construction equipment these days it's electric bulldozers brand new cat bulldozer it's electric they got electric electric. wheel motors The diesel is just charging the batteries, right? Or, but everything is running on electric there. A lot more, so, a lot more power there. Um, in precision. Trains, trains are electric these days. Diesel electric. So uh, the fact that we have these in cars, it's not surprising. The performance that they have, not surprising either. But it is short-lived because that battery expires and it takes time to charge that battery and you were just speaking about um the truck racing the porsche pulling a trailer and it beat the porsche but i guarantee you when they got to the top of the hill or the end of the track the truck the electric truck had half a battery left and the porsche still had a full tank of gas so if they want to do that over a while that Porsche is going to eat that electric vehicle's ass. The battery technology is not there. Our nope. Nope. power grid can't support all nope. these EVs. Nope. So I just wanted to put a little caveat out there that yep. this is not sustainable. Nope. And there is absolutely no substitute yet for fossil fuels, diesel and gas-powered vehicles. Okay. So, You're right. You're right. Industry, industry is moving away from fossil fuels, and I think that is a good thing. 
okay? Like I said, a lot of our construction vehicles are going electric. I can see this coming over to the agriculture world, but not in the same scale. Um, John Deere has an electric combine out there. Uh, and there is just diesel serious, there are some serious productivity issues. Um, one, is it diesel uh, electric? No. There's a battery that goes in it. The battery has to be charged. You need to charge the battery back at your home farm. You have one charging yeah, no. station. Your combine no. is never there at the home station. You're always out in the field. It's got a limited run time. So if that battery makes it for eight hours, farmers run uh, 50 hours straight. And we're way out in the middle of the field. And you got a big-ass heavy battery that you got to lift into a combine. It's just not truly feasible. Okay, You're right. Good in theory, horrible in practice. They tried to implement some this year uh, out west, and uh, it just absolutely did not work. John Deere was begging farmers to demo these electric combines, and everybody pretty much said, no, I need batteries in the field in the middle of the night when I'm 12, 15, 30 miles from home, it's not happening. We're not running a combine hole. Hell, you'll run a battery out just taking it to some of these farms that these guys, you know, yeah. the distances that they go. You're right. But it depends on the application. And it kind of put it in, driving this little car, put it in perspective for me. Um, if I had one of those, and after driving this thing, I'm going to look into buying one. Because for what I do here around my home, that would be great. Well, before you I'm, do that, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tilling dirt. I'm not running corn. I'm, yes. I'm not doing anything like yes, that. I'm not pulling, I'm not pulling trailers. I get that. Very I rarely. Get that. I get but that. for me, Hey, listen, I firmly be believe these electric vehicles are the thing. They really are the thing for, urban dwelling citizens they i mean everybody in town should have an ev dude it's not even urban dwelling i could <laughs> i could probably but, make it i could i'm pretty sure i could make it down to tennessee where i go to work um with only if i left with a full battery i could probably make it down there by stopping one time for less than 20 minutes, take a piss, get a burger, charge my car, and get back on the fucking road. Yeah. Um, Maybe not even that. I might be able to make it there on one full battery charge. Before you buy an EV, something that you have to think about is getting an in-home charging station installed, the cost of that. But then also, how much, how much more your monthly electric bill is going to be charging your car at home. Well, that depends on uh, that depends on the price of energy at the time. Mm -hmm. And we well, all know that the price of energy changes. 11 and a half or 12 cents a kilowatt hour now. I know that the price here. of I know that the price of petroleum changes more drastically and it's more volatile than the price of electric energy. My my gas my petroleum bill changes a lot more, 
and buy a lot more than my electric bill does. You know, do you heat yourself per with... unit? Per unit. Are you talking like furnace fuel, or just no? I'm talking gas and when I say when I say petroleum, I mean gas in my car. Okay, cool. Uh, that price has been up to you know four fifty a gallon, right? Almost five bucks a gallon in the past couple of years, while my my kilowatt hour or uh, price per kilowatt hour is has been locked in at ten and a half cents for the past two years. It's pretty good. Now I don't know what that comparison is. I don't know what what the cost the ROI would be or the cost benefit ratio would be but that's something that's easier to plan for and you know I don't have to use a supercharger that uses as much wattage over a short period of time cuz I don't drive that much if if uh if I had a Tesla charging device in my home, it it might pay for itself. And if it doesn't, I don't fucking care. I got a goddamn Tesla, and it goes fucking fast. It burr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I yeah. think that the, the bigger thing is, and what we've seen in the past, I mean, we've had diesel electric trains and all that shit and tanks shit, we've been doing that for, for 40 years guys at least yeah at least it was like the early 50s when all that chart fucking doing it they just didn't have it all out everywhere i mean we don't have diesel trains anymore they're diesel electric right so i think that we're going to see more of that coming to a vehicle near us more than it just being straight battery i think that there's going to be some other kind of add-on because i mean hell in just the traveling distance in california they're having people drive with generators gas generators that they turn on when they're at a gas station or whatever else are you serious And just running on that to charge their shit well that i mean yeah i mean that, that makes me think that. of their their shitty ass infrastructure out there because they've completely abandoned uh, fossil fuels, which is a foolhardy endeavor. Uh, and this goes to what you're both are saying: full electric, your grid can't support that. Right. You have to have diesel electric, gas electric, LP electric. You have to have something that's efficient. To produce the electric. I mean, where's their electric coming from in California? Solar, wind, and the Hoover Dam. Coal. From other states. Oh, but yes, coal. <laughs> coal. I'll be damned. Hey, and guess what? Coal's super what. fucking efficient. No, when, I, uh, big time. when I was out west there five years ago, drove from California all the way back here. God damn, was that five years ago already? Yeah, man. Yeah, you're old as fuck. True. Um, but the amount of coal trains that I saw mm-hmm. westbound—I mean, long, long coal trains. 
Mm -hmm. Powered by diesel electric. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It, uh, it was kind of surprising to me the amount of coal that was moving west. Just ridiculous. Well, uh, I'd rather it be moving west than be coming in on boats from the east. True that. But I'd, or coming east, rather. I'd rather keep mm. the mineral in our area than lose it to other parts of the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Just true. like sharing our water that we get over here shouldn't be totally shared across the I west. I got an idea. Let's it build a pipeline. Oh, Let's build shit. a pipeline. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We're going to build a pipeline so that we can take water from the Mississippi to Southern California. They've proposed now, that shit. That's fucked up. Yeah, they really so did. Fucked Here's up. the thing. Here's what I got to thinking when they did that. I said, number one, when we talked about bringing a pipe out of Canada, it was the Native Americans who bought spoke up and said you're going to run that across our reservation and then the liberals jumped on board and said oh yeah you can't do that but it's it's the liberals idea to put a pipe in to take water from the mississippi and they're still going to cross native american land because they're going right through fucking uh like the heart of reservation country new mexico arizona utah nevada that's all vast area well, of one, reservation. One I heard was going to go into Oklahoma and everything too. Like it was like, what? <laughs> why? What? Why? These dumb motherfuckers live by the largest body of water in the world, right? And they're all about efficiency. Um, figure out desalinization on a huge ass fucking scale. Dude, I was in Aruba in September. That's where they get their water. They have two desalinization plants. That's where they get their water. They figured it out. They're a third world country. And you know what? We have a lot of those all over. And they're sponsored by Morton salt company because they take the salt that comes out of it oh man <laughs> fucking capitalism's horrible isn't it man yep. isn't that horrible yep so well on that note we could go a little bit longer if we wanted but we're sitting at one hour and 45 minutes holy uh, shit so yeah let's long one let's cut this shit off everybody's sick and tired of listening to us bitch i'm sure so i'm sure all right, give me just but, two seconds here. Let me set you up. Man, I can't believe we went this fucking long. No, it's okay. We had good discussions. It kind of meandered around a little bit there, but I think folks could follow our conversation. It yeah, wasn't jumping folks. around. All two or three of you that are, might be listening. Exactly, right? to those two or three of you, I really appreciate you. Um, tell your friends how fucking stupid we are and and you know I, I i'm just glad you're here we're just doing this for fun i hope you uh enjoyed yourself i hope you learned something um send us send us some feedback you know i never say this we never say this send us some feedback i'd 
we'd like to hear your ideas and and have some other other perspectives yeah. that are just as stupid as ours. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good week. And I just want to say thanks for listening, everybody. I hope everybody has a very productive and a safe week. Remember to pay your taxes, wash your hands, be kind to your neighbor, go fuck yourselves. Twice. With a double barb, right? Something like that. Double With barb playing on cock. With a brick. Just yeah. a brick in the fist and waka, waka, waka. <laughs> well, I hope you all have a great week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please check us out on rumble as our videos are going to be posted there and as spotify and google podcast for our podcast as you're listening to now probably so check out rumble we're on there you'll find us peace